Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Pearton. I'll be your host. Today we have with us Jeff Slaughter. Uh, Jeff started his career with signing with Starsong. His uh, first hit was One More Broken Heart, uh, which was uh, sung by a Point of Grace. Uh, he has written scores of uh, songs for Lifeway Christian Stores VBS curriculum. And he released in uh, 2013 curriculum that was entitled Jeff Slaughter VBS World Tour. Uh, he also wrote VBS curriculum for Brentwood Benson. He's traveled throughout the world, and he has toured with Faith Hill, Kenny Rogers, Lorena Lynn, Conway Twenty, and Susie Bogus. <laughs> <laughs> Bog, I know it's a weird, it's a weird one. Yeah. So. Well, Jeff, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, I have I've known you for I don't know, probably ten a years. A long time, ten yeah, years at least. Yeah. And you've always came to our uh, journey camp uh, during the summertime. I got to know you then, and you got to lead in worship during the, those times. Of course, I think that uh, that's when I got to know you personally. You know, thousands of people got to know you through the VBS, through uh, Lifeway, that mm-hmm. they, they uh, listened to and sang to yeah. and still sing, sing <laughs> to, that my kids were just singing uh, some of your songs last week. Wow, that's uh, so sweet. Yeah, and and uh, so they they all know you. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, uh, originally I'm from Greenwood, Mississippi, in the Mississippi Delta, which is you know has a history of rich musical heritage there with the blues and everything. So I grew up surrounded by that, and grew up in a very musical family. And I was always kind of a different drummer. You know, I was always wanted to do music, and in the Delta, you're. If you don't hunt and fish and play football and do all the normal things like that, then, you know, you kind of, you get a lot of grief over that. Mm. But I always knew that I I just felt something different in me. And I knew the Lord would tell me, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Just do what you, be you. Just do you, as we say now, you know. I went to Mississippi State uh, right out of high school for a couple of years. And I was gonna, I wasn't gonna major music because everyone said, "Oh, you can't major music. You'll never support a family. You'll never be able to make a living." You know, so I, I was gonna try to be a mechanical engineer, and I didn't even know what they did. I, I just had <laughs> some guys I met at orientation, and I said, "What are y'all gonna major in?" They said, "Mechanical engineering." I'm like, "Okay." So I wrote that down. I didn't know what it was, yeah. but um, they sent me a letter two weeks later and said, "You're gonna need to reconsider your major because you would never make it." And yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I spent um, about a year going I know what I need to do you know so I finally switched my major to music Mm -hmm. and then I realized I needed to go somewhere else Mm -hmm. if I was going to do that and really take it seriously so uh, a friend of mine told me about Belmont Mm -hmm. Uh, back back then it was Belmont College and now it's Belmont University but um, I went and auditioned and got into music school and Mm -hmm. I just I knew I I needed to be in Nashville if I was going to try to do anything with music and Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to go to New York or LA which those are the three places you go if you're going to try to make make it yeah. doing anything. So um, moved to Nashville, finished at Belmont with a music degree, and you know it was it's weird how the Lord kind of hones you into places you don't realize you're going to go. I mean, mm-hmm. I never 
realized growing up that I would have a children's ministry. You know, yeah. I always loved going, uh, you know, I always loved music. I loved early on learned to write, loved, learned to love to write. And my, my first job was um, working at a park, mm-hmm. like a city park. Mm-hmm. And I would just play with the kids all day. And I did that for three summers. And then when I moved to Nashville, my first job was, I moved at the summer before I started college to kind of get familiar with the area. And I worked at a Presbyterian day camp, you Mm. know, um, Oak Hill day camp and where I just did the same thing. I would play with kids all day and and during little break times I'd play and sing for them. And then, um, eventually, um, I had a church I was going to at that time it was called first Baptist Franklin Franklin's just South of Nashville. And I was living with a family that lived out there. And so the children's pastor, I think it was 1982. <laughs> That's a long time yeah. ago. She said, I think it'd be great to do music at my kids' camp. So, you know, in 87, there were no videos to watch on how to do kids' worship. There was right. no workshops, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just did it. You just, right. I thought, and also I thought, how would I want, if I were their age, what would I want to do? You know, and sure. I, I'd worked with kids enough to, I got, I had a good feel for kids and I wasn't intimidated to talk to them. And, mm-hmm. And I think even early on, I learned that they just just talk to them on the on the level, treat mm-hmm. them like friends. Don't try to talk to them like they're babies or they don't understand. And I, I just feel like they're way more sophisticated than they're given credit for. Right. So I I didn't want to do baby things with them. I want to do cool things. I wanted them to feel like it, they, it was the coolest thing in the world to to worship. You know. Right. So in people, there's a lot of people who may relate to this, but they didn't even have an overhead projector at this camp oh. uh, with this, you know, those little transparencies. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had to go to Walmart and get an easel and poster board because <laughs> there's only like 30 kids at the camp. Right. So I would, have, I would write out all the lyrics on the poster board and I had one kid would flip the posters for me and I'd pick out a poster child. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> they would just fight to be, so you would be the poster child. That was that first camp. The Lord just, there was a, a boy there named Michael Jones mm-hmm who it's so sad. And he was 10 years old then. He actually just passed away a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He's always had battle with Crohn's disease and a lot of issues, intestinal right. issues. And it's so sad because we remained friends through our whole life, through his life. But that first week, he, I'm just playing and singing. I taught him some motions to songs. Mm-hmm. But at one point, I looked out and Michael had his hand straight up in the air, mm-hmm. looking up with the sweetest expression on his face. And I hadn't told them to raise their hands. I hadn't told them. I, I didn't want to manipulate them in any way. I right. wanted them to do what was, I just said, do what feels right to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. just worship however, whatever feels right. Yeah. That's what the Lord wants. He right. wants sincerity, you mm-hmm. know. So I look out and he's got his hands up and looking up. And I just felt the Lord said, that's, this is what I made you to do is to yeah. help these kids find that place with me, right. that intimate place. Yeah. And um, so I was kind of hooked then. And then that camp, I'd started doing that every year. I did it for probably 15 years in a row, but through the years, other camps began to be, tack onto that. And it began to grow. My summers began to get busier, but I was still thinking, well, I'm really here to like be a superstar on country, whatever. And I didn't really want to be a country artist, but I loved playing and singing backup with them. And mm-hmm. I thought I'll write and I'll travel on the road like that. Yeah. Um, and, and the Lord allowed me to taste some of that, but mm-hmm. And I worked at the Country Music Hall of Fame for one summer. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but eventually it just began. He began to fine tune that vision more and just say, right. you know, this is what this is what it's all about. And I'm just grateful because to be able to say that you love what you do mm-hmm. and 
that's the best. I tell kids all the time, whether you make a lot of money or whatever, if you love what you do as your work, then you never really work. You right. Know? Yeah, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Well, now, share a little bit about how you came to know Christ. I know you have, you've written a book mm-hmm. uh, that you published. How, how many years ago has that been? It came out 13 in 2013. In 13. And the name of it is? It's All True. It's All True. Walking by Faith in a Funky World. And you have a song <laughs> yeah. that goes along with that. I have two songs. Well, it's actually a combination of three songs. It's It's All True, which is a song I wrote in 2000 and have done it, you know, every camp just about since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a song I wrote when I was at Lifeway for the Big Apple Adventure VBS mm-hmm. called By Faith, yeah. which I wrote when my mother was dying of cancer, mm-hmm. walking by faith in the world. And then I had a song I, I did for years and years. I don't do it as much anymore because after 20-something years, I got so sick of it. <laughs> I'm not sick of it, but just needed to move on. Right. Um, called Humpty Dumpty. And oh, one yeah. of the lines in it is, ain't that funky? Yeah. You know, yeah. kids just go nuclear over <laughs> me saying funky. So I thought, I'm going to combine a lot of who I am in that title. So right. it's all true is the word, you know, it's all true, uh, walking by faith uh-huh. in a funky world. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So that, that book talks a, a little bit about your testimony. Yeah. Came to yeah. Christ. Share yeah. a little bit about that. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. A, a, a really unusual thing is that my grand, my mother's dad was an atheist mm. until she was 12 years old. Her, his parents had been, my mother's grandparents on her on her mother's side, her uh, grandparents on her mother's side had been t- as well. So um, when my mother was twelve years old, she started going to church with a friend of hers, and mm-hmm. she accepted the Lord one Sunday. And they were going to baptize her that night, and she went home and told my granddaddy, "I accepted Jesus today, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to heaven." Mm-hmm. But daddy, I don't think I want to go if you're not good to be there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. The, he called the preacher that afternoon and talked to him. The preacher led him to the Lord. And he wow. said, well, I'm coming with Ruth tonight mm-hmm. and I'm going to get baptized with her. And so my mother was like this catalyst that kind of turned the family around. And right. then, you know, she raised us in the word. And, and I never knew a day that I didn't know about Jesus, right. that I didn't, even before I accepted the Lord, I accepted him when I was seven, mm-hmm. but I still felt like I was a Christian even before that. You right. know, I just thought, you know, as a kid, you're looking at it as, well, if I want to take the Lord's Supper and do that, I got to do it. All the other stuff made sense to me. It wasn't right. like they had explained it all to me because I already knew. And I always felt the closest with the Lord. I felt like I had a friendship with him. Right. I didn't feel like he was far away or distant. I, I talked to him. And that's one thing with kids. I always try to just say, he's your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not this dictator or this uh, disciplinarian that's just waiting to spank you every time you mess up, you know. Right. Um, we look at him as this kind of a mean parent that's just always waiting for us to mess up, but it's not, he just loves us and he wants to be close to us. So anyway, um, it it was, it just kind of flowed into that. You know, I mean, I, I've just, I've always felt the closest with the Lord and, and even we've, we've been through a lot of tragedies in our family. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times people say, why God? And and I've asked him hard questions too. Mm -hmm. I've asked him why, with my parents when they were so sick, but I feel like he wants us to be honest and right. it doesn't scare God for, he knows how we feel anyway. So you might as well tell him. Right. Um, but even in that, I never turned on him. And even when, you know, if you've worked in church, you know, you can get hurt in church. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to be honest, you get hurt really bad. I mean, I've always said it was some church people that put Jesus on the cross and, yeah. you know, it was Pharisees. Yeah. And so we can be really hurt by people even in the church, but you can't blame God for that. You know, and I'm, even in those situations, I've always felt him walking with me through that, going, you know, just show grace, show mm-hmm. love, don't judge, you know, just the things, the message of Jesus. And because that's what he did. He modeled that for us. So, right. um, so did uh, when you came to know Christ, 
was it a church or it was a church um it was funny because i was seven and yeah. i knew i was ready but my daddy had said you're not old enough you got to wait till later well i didn't want to wait i yeah. knew i was ready right then so my daddy had to go in the hospital to have back surgery mm. so i thought i'll wait till he goes in the hospital and then he won't be here and he can't tell me <laughs> <if> he, <goes." laughs> he went in the hospital and the next sunday i i walked the aisle you know and so when after church um my mom, mama said, we're going to go to the hospital. I want you to tell your daddy what you did today. She wasn't acting bad, but right. I went and just said, daddy, I, I wanted to do it. And I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so they had me go talk with the preacher. And then the preacher said, yeah, yeah. he's he's good to go. Yeah. You know, That's awesome. he understands. Yeah. Well, now, you kind of talked about how you began telling about yourself, about your journey mm-hmm. into going into uh, uh, writing music yeah. and, and stuff. So. So where did you really feel that call that God was calling you to, you know, and I take this that you feel that, that what you do is ministry. Mm-hmm. It is ministry. Yeah. So how did you feel that call uh, to go in it? Or did, did it just kind of flow into mm-hmm. it? How did it happen? Yeah. Well, um, my my first kind of introduction to writing songs, my oldest sister, Vicki, always wrote songs, mm-hmm. played guitar and piano and sang. And I always thought that was so cool. And I had aunts and an uncle that played piano and mm-hmm a lot of sunny afternoons were spent around my grandparents piano singing and mm-hmm. so i can remember when it was a long way to, for me to reach up to grab the piano keys at like two or three years old i'd be reaching up to try to play i wanted to play so bad and i would i thought vicky was so cool because she could do that and my two i have two older sisters and mm-hmm. i grew up learning to sing harmony with them and we'd go around to churches and sing I, I thought it was cool that vicky could write a song and so i learned the songs that she wrote and then mm-hmm. Um, when I got to be in high school, I, I started trying to write. And of course, the first song I wrote was about this girl that I had a crush on, you know, right. so yeah. she, she was two years older and she's graduating from high school and I was still a sophomore. So I wrote, my first song was called, it's so hard to say goodbye to you. Yeah. <laughs> of course, which I was so embarrassing. But anyway, um, so I, but I started trying more and more and then when I moved to Nashville, I just, the Lord just started bringing people into my path that were writers and we just started getting together and, I was at a, I met a guy at my church who was a publisher at star song. Okay. And he, we began to get to be friends and he started listening to some of my songs. We started writing together. And then when I graduated, he signed me there. Oh yeah. And then there was a writer there named Dwight Lyles, who was a, he was a great, he's pretty big back in the eighties in the Christian Mm -hmm. music world. And he was probably 20 years older than me, Hmm. but he was one of the, you know, it's hard when you're 20, to get 40 something year old people to write with you because they're got their thing going and Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that they're being mean to you, but they're like, we're in the thick of it. We're trying to make a living. We don't have time to teach you how to write, you know, but Dwight was someone who took me under his wing Mm -hmm. and just started showing me the craft and teaching me the craft. Cause when I got into star song, well, it was that star song was my first publisher. And then I, but before that when the first summer that I moved to Nashville, when I was working at the at the day camp, mm-hmm. I had a little girl that came up to me one day and she said, do you write those songs you play and sing? And I said, yeah. She said, those are contemporary Christian songs, are they? And I said, yes. <laughs> she goes, well, my daddy owns Ben Green Music. Would you like to meet him? I said, sure. Well, I'm thinking he probably doesn't want to meet some counselor at camp that yeah. writes songs. So she told, one day she drove me out to the car and I met him, this guy named Randy Cox. And he said, Holly tells me great things about you. Come see me. So I went in. I didn't have a demo and nothing recorded. Yeah. I just was praying he had a piano in his office. And yeah. I walked in and he did. So I played on the piano and sang, which turned out to be the best thing. And he was the one who said, you know, I love your melodies and your music, your chords. Mm-hmm. It's great. He goes, now you got about 
20 songs in this one lyric, hmm. but we can work on that. You know, yeah. so I started there really. I never signed with them, but then that led to me getting in at Star Song and then meeting Dwight. Right. And then Dwight really helped me with my lyric writing. And uh, Well, that's amazing that the people that you come in contact with, a child. Yeah, a child. That, uh, that need, God yeah. used to lead you down the path. He Open the go. door to that. That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Now, obviously, you have a passion for children. Yeah. But, but tell, tell us, what yeah. is your passion for ministry? Well, like I said, it started that time with, with Michael. Just seeing the depth that the, a kid could go to mm-hmm. when they're in that place. Because with worship, you know, I, I like to teach kids that worship. A lot of times we try to, when we hear the word worship, we think church, music, singing, preaching, but worship is everything. Mm-hmm. Worship's everything we do. And, you know, it's more than singing and it's more than going to church. It's how we reflect right. the Lord in the world, how we show him. And I, I try to just go there with them and, talk to them on the level of how to, to love well. And like when, you know, as a kid that was bullied, you know, because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I, I was overweight. My mom cut my hair. I had a lisp. Mm-hmm. I played the tuba in the band. Mm-hmm. I played the piano. <laughs> sang. I got called sissy. A lot. I mean, I just didn't have it all going on. Right. And, um, and I share that with them because I know a lot of them have been, you know, we've, we were all bullied in some way. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all, we can be made fun of for something, but I want to tell them, you know, you, even in that, you can't believe that stuff about you. Believe what the Lord says about you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're markedly made, and just building that intimate friendship with him. But um, like I said, just talking to them like I'm I'm friends with them and that not having to do, like not having this set program that I have to do with them where I have to do these certain kind of songs and, I, and that it's more formula. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I always love to do a lot of spontaneous stuff with them. Like I would just start singing something to them, like a, like almost as a message. But I would a lot of times if I'm talking, I could see them get distracted and looking right. around. But the minute I would start singing and say, and they start looking at the screen, I'm going, "This is not on the screen. Just listen to me." <laughs> yeah. And they would just lock in, you know. And then another thing that I noticed early on was if I used a sign language, like kids really love sign language, sure. and if I, when if I taught them a song or I taught them a scripture and I put signs with it, they would lock in a lot. And so when I started with Lifeway, I felt like two mandates from the Lord that in those six songs every year, there needed to be a ballad and there needed to be a lot of sign language in mm-hmm. it. It was sweet to see how people connected with that. And right. then, and even and when you mentioned that earlier, the videos that we did, mm-hmm. they were like, a, that was a download from the Lord that I got. Because when I started at Lifeway, a lot of you, if you were a part of the early, like I started in 97. Mm-hmm. So if you were there in 97, 98, they didn't have videos. Mm-hmm. They would have me make up the motions and they had, this lady would watch me do them and she'd write them down. Oh. And she would put them in the back of the book and there'd be a number by the motion mm-hmm. and a number in the song where it went. And you had to look back and forth a lot. And so one, the first summer that I went out to teach, I would forget something that I did. So I would try to look it up like that. And I'm like, I went to Lifeway and I said, okay, I made this up and it's hard for me. <laughs> I don't know how anybody else is doing this. And the Lord said, do a video where you stand up and you teach it and you make it very conversational and yeah. you don't worry about being perfect. And if you mess up, you keep going. Right. I, I, fe- I remember where I was in the building at Lifeway waiting to get on the elevator when I felt the Lord say, yeah. do this. Yeah. 
So I went to them and they're like, we don't have any budget for a video. I said, you don't need one. Just get a camera. So the first year I literally stood up in the uh, Van Ness Auditorium in front of a Lifeway banner and somebody brought their camcorder from home and filmed me. And that was it. <laughs> there was, it was nothing, but it took off, you know, right. and then it, the next year it got more, you know, it sold more and it just, it got to where they went when it started selling so we we our budget started right. we got a budget and then it started getting bigger so right. that it allowed us to go all over the world you yeah. know and do those and so I what, loved, what was that first uh what was the first one that they actually had a video with you had right? a video it was the mount extreme the ultimate good news okay. challenge so if you're listening you can probably remember that right now yeah 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 mount it's the ultimate goodness challenge anyway so yeah anyway that's cool whatever but it, it it's been sweet to see you know how people connected with that and they would say i feel like we're friends mm-hmm. you know because i think sometimes when you know you can do videos that feel kind of robotic and mm-hmm. you don't I, I wanted them to feel my heart and my spirit in it and, and that's why i thought if i mess up I, it gives them permission to mess up and realize mm-hmm. it's not about perfection it's just do the best you can your kids are going to love you just for making the effort yeah. to do it. They don't expect you to be perfect. They yeah. like it better when you do mess up. They're yeah. like, they get to laugh and, yeah. you know, but they see you trying to engage with them. You mm-hmm. know, like a lot of men, especially those, oh, I can't do motions and I can't do it without, like, it don't matter if you can't do it. Just be there. Right. That's all they want. Just show up. Yeah. Just show up. Well, some of most, my most favorite times uh, at, at camp is when what you were just saying, it's just spontaneous. You just yeah. began to... It wasn't a song that was up on the uh, screen. Uh, you just began to just yeah. sing words yeah. and sentences, and yeah. you began to worship. And yeah. I thought, and, and 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 as one sitting in the back and and observing uh, the, the these children, they just become engulfed, and some more so than others, mm-hmm. but just the in the presence of the Lord, yeah. uh, that they can participate yeah. in that yeah. that worship time. Yeah, and and that's I, I'm glad you said it because. You know that's that's the case in all things. Some people get it, some people don't. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids have some, some haven't. But it's sweet because even to to this day, like I was doing an event in Birmingham a year ago, and I had a college girl come, mm-hmm. and she had found out I was going to be there, and she said I was ten years old at your camp. Wow! And I had this experience because there was a um, one of the Lifeway camps, and it happened a few times where I don't know. It just seems like the Lord brings a certain group of people together and amazing things. It's mm-hmm. like things that not comparing myself to Elijah at all, but just comparing to biblical events where some incredible thing would happen, but it was, it, it didn't, it, you can't formulate it and you can't make it. I think sometimes something great happens and we want to, okay, how'd that work? Cause we want to keep re, you know, reinventing that you can't, you can't, right. you just have to accept it for when it, you have a night like that. But this particular night she was a part of, I was leading and I knew that I, I knew the camp pastor was about to come out, but I really mm-hmm. felt like we were supposed to keep going. And cause I could feel it. I could feel the weight of the, the presence in there. And this guy, Alan Marsh, who I love to death, who I'm still so close with to this day, he was camp pastor and he walked out on the stage and he looked at me and on the mic, he said, Jeff, I'm not supposed to preach tonight. You're supposed to keep going. I mean, how many pastors do that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going <laughs> to preach. You just keep. And I said, I feel the same way. Yeah. And we kept going and he just got down on his knees and I'm, and we went for two and a half hours and I kept telling him, if you need to go, go, you're free to go. You take your kids. If you need to go have a time or nobody left. Hmm. And it was neat. Cause there were, there were kids that were, they started doing like dances, yeah, like not 
you know, like almost not like ballet, but something like just interpretive kind of things. And there were kids coming forward and talking to Alan and accepting the Lord. And there was people praying with each other. It was just all these things going on around the room. And it was beautiful. And um, she said, I'll never forget that night. It was, it impacted me so much. And I just wanted to come back and be a part of this and tell you what you, how much that night was meant to me. So I, I say that I have, I think some of the most powerful worship times I've ever had have been with kids mm. because they have no agenda. They're just honest. Mm. And the Lord says, you know, I, I say all the time to kids, when I'm leading for you, you're reminding me of how I need to mm. come to the Lord because the Lord says, come to me with the heart of a child. Right. So when I'm watching you worship, it's reminding me of how I need to worship, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Now, you know, all these years, I'm sure you've had challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, share, share with us uh, some of those challenges you face as, as a writer, uh, as a, uh, a minister of music, uh, as a, a camp uh, mm-hmm. uh, worship leader, yeah. and just in general. You know, this is your livelihood. I, I think that sometimes <clears throat> people have a misconception that you do this on the side. Right, yeah, right. You don't do this. On, this is no, your full-time life, yeah, and you depend yeah. on and you don't make yeah. a lot of money. Right. Uh, so you just, you depend on it. Yeah. And so what's what's the challenges that you face? You know, there was, my, my years at Lifeway, it was, it was awesome to see the Lord put me in a place where when I was doing that, those years in, I was doing the camps and everything. It just felt, I, I knew at that point, this is what I was made to do for sure. I mean, everything just worked together so beautifully. And it was, that was a hard situation. I mean, I love Lifeway so much and I'm so grateful for all the things the Lord did there. When I left, it wasn't a situation where I chose to leave. I'll just say that. Yeah. I was, it was, it, I was kind of, they wanted to make some changes. I'll say that. And I'll, and I just felt like, you know what, if this is the way it's going to have to be, then I probably need to step away. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I think a lot of people thought that I retired. And then a lot of times with when I moved to another BBS, a lot of churches were like, well, we have, we have to use Lifeway stuff and we can't do this. And and I, it just, I felt like a lot of things dropped off. Mm-hmm. And so it was a pretty drastic halt in my events. Like, so that's, it's been difficult, but it, it you know, it's the Lord's always taking care of it. And there's been, there's always been a steady flow through that. I think another challenge I think the, a lot of children's pastors face is just in the world we are now, how busy kids are. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much going on that it's it's hard to even plan events for churches anymore because mm-hmm. there's so much going on up until now. <laughs> up until yeah. now. <laughs> and then this whole COVID thing has brought a whole other set of challenges oh, where, yeah. you know, actually it was crazy because this year, 2020, I have probably had more bookings this year than I've had in years. Really? It was so crazy out of the blue. Like the whole spring was booked and the summer, usually my summers stay booked all the, you know, pretty right. booked every year. I was so excited. I thought, Oh my goodness, Lord, what in the world? This is awesome. Yeah. Well, then I hit after the first week of March, everything was gone. Right. You know? And the crazy thing is, you know, we're here at Carson Springs and mm-hmm. I'm playing in Newport this right. week. The last event I did when, before everything shut down was at first Baptist Newport. Oh yeah. So the first one I've done since was last night at First Baptist Newport. Yeah. And it was really interesting to watch the kids. Yeah. You know, they were about between 30 to 40 kids there, which I was proud to see that. They had their mask on. They're mm-hmm. sped out. And that's awkward. Right. There's something they've, they're not used to that. Right. None of us are, yeah. but especially them. You know, I, I can't imagine being their age and going through this. Right. 
So the first song or two, I could just see them like, they don't know what to do. Yeah. It don't feel right. right. I can't be close to anybody. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to get, you know, get them to jump and everything. But I just started talking to him like that and just talking to him on the level right. about how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I have a song about Jonah. Mm-hmm. And I talked about Jonah being in, by himself in the belly of the whale. And I said, you know, Jonah thought it was over. If you're if you've been swallowed by a well, I think you're thinking uh, I I'm I'm done. I mean, yeah. But I talk about how he chose to worship the Lord yeah. even in there to sing and what he's saying. I will sing a song of thanks to you. I do. I will do what I promise to. Mm-hmm. Lord, you're the one that saves. So he was actually showing his faith that God would deliver him because he said, "I'll promise. I promise I'll do what you made me do." Which mm-hmm. thought he he's thinking you can deliver me. Yeah. And I said, you know, we're kind of in the belly of a whale right now, too. Mm-hmm. And the, but the Lord can deliver us. He He's still in control. And I said, but it, what a what a good thing is, is that we're learning how to worship even in the hardest days. And it's easy to do it when everything's okay. Right. But like when we have to walk through a season like this or when something happens to one of our parents or mm-hmm. one of our siblings or a, a great friend and we have to walk through hard days, that's when it means the most that that we still praise, that right. we still acknowledge that he loves us and he's in control and he hasn't left us. And so it, it was for me is for all the years of ministry. Just last night, I, it was a new thing. Like I've never experienced yeah. leading in, in a time like this. And I've never like with kids having to wear a mask and stuff. It was just very unusual, but it was super, super sweet because it's a different level. It's another, you know, like I've traveled around the world. I, I've been in places where you had to whisper songs Hmm. Wow! because if anybody heard, Hmm. you could get in trouble. I've seen a lot of different kind of versions of how you press through. I call it pressing through with praise. Hmm. I I started, uh, the first time I said that was when I watched my dad dying of cancer and he's writhing in pain Hmm. and he's like just agony, but he starts going, have faith in God. Wow. He's... And, you know, I never thought I would learn anything about being a worship leader from my daddy. Yeah. But I did that day. Hmm. I learned that no matter what, you just keep singing. Because there's, I I tell kids a lot, there's something supernatural that happens when we sing. That our voices can do this and do this. It's one of those things we take for granted. It's another way we worship. It's, but it's, and early when I was talking about different ways we worship, we're, we're surrounded by miraculous things every day that, we can worship by just walking in and looking at nature and, and acknowledging the things that the Lord's given us. You know, we feel like a lot's been taken away right now from us, but we, he still has given us so much Hmm. and he's given us grace and strength and peace to get through these days. And I always say, we just have to Christy lane it one day at a time. honey. (laughs) And that's what he said. We can't worry about next year when life's going to get back. We just have to, be present in this day and right. do the best we can. Yeah. Look for opportunities for yeah. to share Christ. Right. Exactly. And to grow in our faith. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of questions about this time, you know, yeah. what, uh, and, yeah. and I think that, uh, hopefully all believers just yeah. take advantage of the time to spend yeah. more time with God. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, um, you're talking about challenges because everything canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, my streams of income are traveling and teaching piano and voice lessons in Nashville. Yeah. And then I get to coach for some TV shows that they shoot there oh, with yeah. the actors. I get to, if, if an actor is supposed to 
be playing the piano yeah. and they can't i make them look like they are playing on the screen so they kind of play along with the track and make them look like they're doing it that's funny. but um all that stopped at once yeah. and don't know when it's going to pick back up yeah so i started um instacarting which is this uh you you buy go uh buy groceries for people and deliver them oh yeah and you make tips from that yeah and so i thought i need i don't want to just sit home i need to do something you know and yeah I thought my mother worked in a grocery store her whole life, you know, yeah. I'm, I can do that, you yeah. know? So, but I've met so many people I've yeah. met, I've delivered groceries for so many older people who are, have yeah. so much fear and they'll come to the door. They won't open the door, right. but they'll have like a storm door or something. And they'll wave at me and, mm-hmm. and I get to talk to them and they was, or we message, you can message each other on the website right. and they'll on the app and they'll say, you know, thank you so much. You, you're, you know, I'm at, I'm high risk and I can't get out. Thank right. you for, and I've like, this is such a sweet way to get to help True. some people. And, and a lot of, you see people in so much fear. Yeah. And I saw this older man the other day. I mean, I had left my basket just to walk across the island, you know, cause there's so many people. Mm-hmm. I parked my, my basket just to walk across to get a can of something. And this man just, sh- I mean, older man, he was just in a horrible mood, shoved my basket real mean, you know, yeah. like wait, just shoved it down. Like, oh. <laughs> And I went over and I said, I'm so sorry I was in your way. He goes, why don't you take your basket with you? I said, well, I had it with me. It's like right here. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm so sorry yeah. that I was in your way. I would never want to. I've had some opportunities where I can either respond in that same spirit or I can respond with the opposite spirit True. and diffuse it. True. And I love to try to, that's, I love to diffuse that. Yeah. You know, because when people are afraid, they act, yeah. they act differently and they, they turn to anger and like that kind yeah. of. What? So you ha- haven't gone to somebody's house and they say, you're Jeff Slaughter. You know what? <laughs> I have, No, not yet. But because uh, I don't see a lot of them. Like I, I just mainly message with them through the app. But but that is funny because through the years of traveling, you yeah. know, at airports, almost every time I go to an airport, there'll be somebody that then. But it's random. Like even to this day, like I'll be with friends and I had one friend who had another friend that came in town and it just happened. She went, oh, my gosh wait a minute, you were on those VBS videos because she grew up doing my oh, VBS, yeah. you know, and you, you run into people all the time and that um, that watch the videos. Yeah. So. Well, my girls love to listen to you. And and, and it, the neat thing about it is they can listen to you anywhere. So, I mean, I've heard they've got on YouTube, yeah, uh, yeah. Am, Amazon, uh, their their yeah, music. Yeah. You know, at night they'll play, you know, they'll say a song, one of your songs, and they'll, yeah. they'll be uh, singing that. Or, of course, we have all the CDs, and so yeah. they, they're, the kids are singing. And my kids are, you know, I mean, they're, they've got a little older, but they still sing it. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a neat thing that yeah. you have uh, invested in my children's uh, hearts yeah. and their lives and that uh, is you know that's one of those things that we have mentors all through our life mm-hmm. we have those unintentional mentors and you're one of those with my kids because of your music you're teaching them about scripture you teach them how to live for the lord and they and they and in when you left during that one camp uh, you stayed with them for for the last ten years, yeah. so that's been a neat thing. Yeah. And, and thousands yeah. of other kids have experienced that same yeah. thing. So yeah. I appreciate your ministry. Thank you, thank you. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you coming and just sharing with us a little bit about just about your life, which I know that you and me have talked over the years, and there's a lot more to that. And and uh, so I appreciate what you shared, and your, especially your passion for ministry. Uh, also, thank you for listening to us today to our podcast. If you have any questions. 
for Jeff or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you'll look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.